0: You want it, you need it. It's what everyone's talking about. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Now here's Kevin. You're listening to
1: the Sports Fix. First off, Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. All right, Happy Thanksgiving,
0: everybody. Uh, uh, you know what? Drink responsibly. Drive. You know, be careful tonight. You know, lots of travel. Um, I can't wait for the pumpkin pie and the Lion game. Who are the Who are the Lions playing today, Aaron? I Barrett, forget the <laughs> Do you know what, on the radio this morning, Tommy's here. I'm so excited Tommy's here, because you haven't been on the show now. It's been, a, what, a, a couple of weeks? Something like that.
2: Uh, it's been about 10 days. Yeah, maybe. 10
0: days. But I, it seems yeah, like I a gotta, lot longer. i got
2: to tell you, you know, I don't know how much I'll be able to talk today, because I'm really stuffed with turkey.
0: <laughs> you know, on radio this morning, um, I made the choice to to address it, but not to bury him for it because this is something we've talked about for many years now, that the the reason he doesn't talk is not because he's arrogant or trying to piss off the fan base or a jerk and doesn't want to address the fan base. I mean, he may be a jerk and he may be arrogant, all of those things, but the reason he doesn't address the fan base is he has a phobia. He's He's got a public speaking phobia, which many people in this country have. It's the number one listed phobia for, for people, is the fear of public speaking. And that's what really he has an issue with. And so what you heard yesterday was not an inside joke. For those that have read about you know the, the Redskins' PR department trying to spin it as an inside joke because the Redskins beat the Panthers on Thanksgiving weekend, um, it was just a misstep. It was nerves. And I, I actually, in the moment during that entire minute 30 of, of him speaking, uh, it was uncomfortable because you could tell how uncomfortable he was.:
2: Well, he may be uncomfortable because he's got so much to answer to. I don't remember him being this uncomfortable speaking publicly before when, they, when, when there was only half a history of uh, half the history. Of, uh of you know losing that he's presided over I think he's probably more uncomfortable than ever because he he understands that he is the target of, of so much vitriol
0: Tommy, he, he, he was he was never comfortable speaking in front of a podium in front of the media you
2: go back and look at the I, I have of, of I did this, this I did this
0: like two years ago I <laughs> went back more and looked comfortable,
2: at it he was more comfortable then than he is now and the older you get the more comfortable you
0: should get you know what i don't know that that's true well let me just say you're right he was more comfortable back then but he was never good like he was never, was never
2: no, he was, no never he was never super good.
0: articulate or super thoughtful or any of that maybe he was guarded you know um, there could be a lot of reasons about that but what i would dispute is that you can't you know be, you can't develop this phobia or anxiety over public speaking as you get older. I bet that that's not true. I don't know that for sure. But I'm also not going to discount the possibility that, you know, part of what's accelerated this phobia, if it wasn't, you know, full-fledged, you know, full Aaron Altman sweat from broadcast news broadcast news 15 years ago, and now it is, is the recent history and all of that he has to answer to. You might be right about that. That may have added to all of this. Look at it. Look at us. We're psychoanalyzing this public speaking phobia that he has because he clearly has it.
2: Yes, he does. But I think his reluctance to speak is more about arrogance and fear of having to answer for what he's done than than his phobia.
0: The only thing I would say to you is I would bet that he, I mean, this is obviously us just, you know, guessing here because neither one of us knows him, is that In his wildest dreams when it comes to this kind of area of his life, he would love to be able to be as convincing publicly in front of a podium and a group of media people with the fan base and others around the country watching as he is one-on-one. Because what we do know about him is in a small group, one-on-one, he can sell. He can convince. He's apparently very, very convincing, great salesman, charismatic, I've heard him describe, in a one-on-one environment. And you know what? The history shows that when he sits down with somebody that he wants, that person, regardless of the choices they have, often actually buys into it. And we saw maybe an example of that yesterday.
2: Well, if that's the case, here's what he should do, because he owes us the Redskins fans. He should meet individually with every season ticket holder on their list, and and show them that he's not the ogre that he appears to be in public. Every single one. If he's that good one on one, then start meeting one on one.
0: How many one meetings would that? How many meetings would that be?
2: I don't know. It would
0: keep him from not as many as it used to be. <laughs> yeah, That's right. It would, it'd that be a great true. activity. Let's keep. Let's keep Danny. Let's keep him yes. active. Uh, what, are you, yes. uh, what are we doing with the draft? No, no, no. We've got. We've got. We've got three thousand this week. One on one meetings with with season ticket holders. This is what you can do to help us. This
2: would, uh, it would be perfect. It would turn around the fan base. It would keep him out of your hair.
0: Yeah um tommy's in florida he's down there with liz his wife this is what they do this is what older people do and they've got their place in Destin, florida there on the west coast and uh he'll be calling in for the next few shows until you leave your wife who will spend the winter there and you'll come back to uh to the dismal you know gray cloudy rainy and snowy skies of the northeast uh mid-atlantic um uh, how was your holiday? How Not Thanksgiving, but how was your Christmas? How was your New Year's? Did, did you have a good time? Okay, Because well, well, we Christmas haven't talked very, since.
2: That's true. Christmas was very good. Went up to Philadelphia to spend a couple of days with my in-laws. And Christmas is different than Thanksgiving because I don't care about watching the NBA on TV on Christmas Day. Uh, like I don't care about watching the NBA any other day these days. But uh, Christmas was nice. Uh and New Year's we were on the road. We drive down New Year's Eve, so we arrived here January first, New Year's Day. So uh you know, we stayed in Chattanooga overnight. Very nice little town. It is a nice town,
0: I've heard Chattanooga is.
2: Yes. Yes it is. And uh we had a very smooth, uneventful drive. I'd like to drive. I, I don't like it as much as I used to. I mean, but I've made the drive back and forth to Florida. Actually, when I used to uh, go to school in Miami and my parents lived in Fort Lauderdale, I don't know, maybe 50, 60 times on my own. So I'd like to drive.
0: Um my God, you know what I like being in a car on long drives too. Uh, not like, yeah. I mean, I I I think you know when I was younger, I definitely would choose to drive if I could. You know, Tommy, back before I got into broadcasting, and I and I was traveling a lot for work, and right. I would I would go out of my way when it was somewhere you know within four or five hours. To just say, you know what, I'm not flying. I'm not dealing with airports and a plane and the whole thing. I'd rather drive. You know, I'd rather, you know, if I've got to go up to Connecticut, I'd rather drive. If I've got to go down to, to Raleigh, Durham, much rather drive and then, and be in the car. Plus, you know, we, 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 we get a lot done when we're on our own in the car. Um, all right. Well, good. Uh, I, I saw the picture that you tweeted out. You sitting there on on the deck of something, probably smoking a cigar, having having a, a cold one with the ocean in the background, and the weather looked nice. And uh, I, I'm glad you're you're able to do this. Um, I, God, I'd like to do but it I, as well. I think we're going to try to here shortly.
2: But I did listen to the press conference. I made sure that I, I, I listened to the press conference. I wish I could have been there. I even, I even tweeted out instructions to the media oh boy. for the press conference. You
0: did? What were your instructions? Yes, I,
2: I, well, my instructions were, I hope that Dan Snyder will be answering questions. If he isn't, if he doesn't, I hope somebody would ask the Redskins publicly in the press conference, why isn't the owner speaking and answering questions? That didn't happen, apparently.
0: No, it didn't. And I think after that minute and a half, I mean, I think everybody probably realized, oh, God, um, let's just let him (laughs) let's just let him walk off this thing and and just get out of this hell that he's in for for 90 seconds. Uh, You You know, it's
2: been three. It's been three years since he spoke publicly and took questions since he's taken questions. Three years.
0: Has it been? I, I I thought the last time he took questions was from Cooley on his radio show when he was doing doing it with no no, no,
2: no that doesn't count. Come on, I mean a press conference.
0: Okay, uh, fair enough. Um, the, the last press conference conference was three years ago. What was it for? I don't remember. I, it.
2: I don't remember what it was for, but I think it's been three. Somebody counted them up a couple years ago, uh, about a year ago, and it was almost six hundred days. Since he had he had uh, th- done that, I mean, you know, we haven't heard from him about the Brian LaFamina firing. We've never heard anything from him about that.
0: We haven't heard anything about anything. Ruben Foster, Brian LaFamina, <laughs> Scott McLuhan, Kirk Cousins—none of this stuff. So I
2: just want. So I just I, I just w- hope that you know, if he wasn't going to talk, I wanted somebody to ask the Redskins publicly why isn't the owner answering questions? But. That, that didn't happen
0: because it was, you know, just because it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, so, let me just totally change subjects. I keep getting constant robocalls to my phone, one after another. Aaron said, why don't you block them? I blocked one, and now I'm getting nonstop robocalls, one at a time, <laughs> from area codes. This one's coming from San Carlos, California. Uh, I can't stop it. Did blocking that one call, Aaron, totally change this th- situation for me? What did you do to me? It won't stop. Well, at least
3: it's not coming from Hawaii
0: L- anymore. Look at what I've gotten here. Just in, in, there it goes again. This one's from Telluride, you, Tell you Colorado. I. <laughs> what is going on here? Look at this. Telluride, <laughs> St. Carlos, Portland, Oregon, Bay Minette, Alabama, Palm Desert, California. Look at all of them, Aaron. On my phone, it won't stop. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Stop calling it me. Went. Did you ever pick up one at one point? Yes. I picked up one because it was one the the fake one where it's, you know, three oh one and then the first three digits of my cell phone number. So it looks right. like and it says in you know, it says Bethesda or Silver Spring or uh, on it or something. It won't stop. <laughs> what am I do what do I have to do to stop this? Madness. Should I answer it? Hello. <laughs>
2: I think the worst thing you can do is answer I just
0: it. answered it, and there's some beeping noise. Good God. Enough oh God. already. Now, that,
2: now the beeping noise is going to be in your brain.
0: Um, so yesterday, Tommy, I came on the show, and I said, I'm in a new place, a better place, as far as my outlook on the team. You know, after basically being insulted over and over again by the team president in recent years, I think the last few days were nice. Bruce was gone. A new solid head coach that I've been a big fan of was hired. You know, a competent staff is starting to come together. I felt good yesterday morning. And then came the press conference. And the reaction to the press conference, which you probably didn't get to take part in, um, I'm listening to my own radio station and callers, and, and people are just euphoric, ecstatic. Like, woo! That was Awesome! And I thought, what was I listening to? Was I listening to the same press conference? And it, and it really, it really, life is so much about perspective, right? I mean, everybody hears and sees things differently, which is great. Um, and I'm not about to say that the press conference was like a disaster. That's not what I'm saying. Um, I I just, and I'm not saying that my feeling yesterday morning about being half, you know, glass half full right now has changed any. But my reaction to that press conference was, uh, this is a rinse and repeat. You know this yes. this was the same press conference we've heard in the past. So I'm curious as to what everybody's getting all jacked up about. Doc said this morning on the on his show, I was listening to the beginning of it He said, if you were excited about that press conference, you should be embarrassed. He's like, it's the same thing we've heard every single time for the last five times. He's like, the fact that we're having another press conference is embarrassing. And then the funniest line, one of the funniest things I've ever heard Doc say, and you know he can be funny. He said, the only thing that was missing from that damn press conference is they should have had pictures of the empty stadium up there. <laughs> 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 It was hysterical, but anyway, I was like, I'm sitting there yesterday, I'm like, I just watched this thing, and I'm listening to callers going nuts, you know, Fred Smoot's going nuts on our air, everybody's super excited, and I'm like... I heard the same thing I've heard forever on the on these press conferences. It's a, it's a it's a new coach who was wooed by the owner's vision, the owner's deep rooted love for the history of the team, the owner's desire to win, his willingness to do anything to win. Pretty much the same press co- conference we've heard with Marty Spurrier, Joe Zorn, Shanahan, Gruden. There are a few differences between each of them. They're not apples to apples completely, but for the most part, the new coach was impressed with the owner's passion and vision, and he's thrilled to take on the task of executing Mr. Snyder's plan. How many Mr. Snyders did we hear? Tommy, I said yesterday on this podcast and on the radio show, if I'm working for their PR team, I'm making sure that the nostalgia piece of this and, and the Lombardi trophies weren't there, good for them, I'm I'm making sure that everybody understands we are not playing on the past or the nostalgia here and he's a 58-year-old man. It's Dan. It's not Mr. Snyder. And if the 22-year-old rookie quarterback can be on a first-name basis with the owner 2 weeks ago, then the 58-year-old new coach should be on a first-name basis with him as let well. Let me give
2: you Let me give you a little bit of warning here. What? Because on social media yesterday I pointed out that very thing, and then it was another Which night. Which thing,
0: the Mr. Snyder thing or the quarterback yes. thing? The or or the Haskins them. thing?
2: The both of them. I, I, I put them together. Basically, I said, I guess I guess the new coach after 35 hours with with the owner isn't close enough to call him Dan like his rookie quarterback is. And I was roasted all night again as being a racist. What? what? Yes.
0: Ra- racist! What is yes. wrong with people? How dumb are you? You can't, you can't
2: criticize Dwayne Haskins. Oh my without god! All the racist well, now. I don't even think it, not that's,
0: you're not. That's not even a criticism of Dwayne Haskins. No. Uh, uh, but well, I, I were was, you I criticizing Haskins because of that, or were you just saying why? Why is it that? He can be on a first-name basis with Dan, and the head coach can't. We know what the history of this owner is with key players, with star players or perceived star players.
2: Yes, all that is true. And, of course, we also know how ridiculous but how important how you address the owner is. He's very, he's very nuts about that. He doesn't like do you think I don't think he is dad.
0: anymore I, I asked somebody recently about that and that person said he's really not that way anymore which b- but but still and I don't believe that okay I don't believe that's fine. That. fine uh,
2: but uh, I, I, I I know I know people who have worked there who have told me that that you know it was mr. Snyder
0: yeah yeah you know what the people I've heard heard from are the people that call him Dan so there you go you're probably right yeah um, Look, the good news, press conferences don't win or lose games. Uh, And Rivera, Tommy, he is a good coach. I've been a fan of his for a while. And if the owner stays out of it, big if, and the team finds that it's got a legitimate quarterback, then they've got a chance. Both of those things, though, are the big unknowns, and they are critical Unknowns. Maybe it's oversimplifying it, but the two most important things, you know, and we're going to spend a lot of time talking about a lot of things over the next few months coaching hires, front office, you know, how it shakes out, the draft, free agency, all of that. But when it all, you know, comes out in the wash, it's about will the owner own differently and do they have a quarterback? We all know that this is a league where you got to have a quarterback, and you can't have owner meddling in interference. So it's the owner, it's the quarterback. That's what we're watching closely moving forward. With that said, there were answers from Rivera yesterday that I liked. We're going to play some of those. Um, and I am very optimistic about them being a well-coached football team under him.
2: Yes. And they could have even some level of success. But again, this is a franchise with the aura of self destruction that engulfs them. That can't, that, that, where success is usually tripped up by, by their own internal dysfunction. And that didn't disappear with the banishing of Bruce Allen. It's still there uh, inside the owner. And you're right. Everything you just said is absolutely right. Uh, but you know the, the fan excitement. is sort of like imagine you're, uh, let's say, imagine you've been locked away in a dungeon for I don't know for forever, and then all of a sudden they open up a window and they let a little bit of light in for the
0: first yeah, time. Yeah, I, I know.
2: Uh, aren't you going to be excited? Uh, Aren't you going to be excited for that light? That's well, I what the, that's what the reaction is.
0: I am. I mean, you know, Scott said to me yesterday. You know, the costs for to, for for the glass being half full are the same as the as the cost of the glass half empty. I mean, that's true to a certain extent. But I, I am more half full right now. Like I've taken that little glimmer of light and I'm I'm grabbing on to it because I I'm a fan of Rivera and I knew that Bruce needed to go. So the two, you know, the Bruce needing to go is an obvious thing. Should have been done three four years ago, but. But the fact that they, you know, sort of outkicked their coverage, they overachieved on, on Rivera, you know, it makes me, I, I mean, somewhat optimistic. You know, the, you said, I mean, maybe it will work out. And, and, and to that to that end, we've talked about this before, you know, every franchise in the NFL can have a good season. But a good franchise is is a franchise that puts it together over a period of time, sustained success, and has a chance right. to contend. I like Ron Rivera. I like the staff that he'll put together. I'm sure of it. Um, and I think what he's what what they've done here in this short term is they've increased the probability or the likelihood that we're going to get a couple of those Joe Gibbs seasons. You know, and we'd all take that considering what we've had here recently, you know, a nine and seven, six seed, you know, a playoff game once every two years or three years, you know, in Joe's case, it was two seasons out of four, which was a remarkable achievement compared to everybody else that's been here under Snyder. That would seem like more than just a glimmer of light. It would be like, oh my God, you've blinded me with success, you know, but every team has a chance at a good season. It doesn't make you a good franchise. I think what they've done at least, bare, like bare minimum, with the hiring of Rivera and the departure of Bruce is they've increased their chances of having a good season. I'm not, abs- I'm nowhere near sold on the franchise part of this, that they're going to turn into I a think, good franchise.
2: I, th- I think you're right. I think you're, you're 100% right. I think this guy's a good enough coach to basically, you know, uh, and I think there is while I think we tend to overrate the talent. I think there is—he uh, is inheriting some good young players in, in, in certain positions. I like the idea of switching from a four-three to three to a, uh, from a three-four. I mean, to a four-three. Uh, and you're right. I just think that Ron Rivera, you know, it's not going to go four and twelve too many times. But I didn't think Mike Shanahan would either. Now he's inheriting more talent than Shanahan did. When Shanahan took over the roster, uh, that, that said. But uh, the, again, the, the relationship—the problem is the owner's relationship with the players, in particular. This time, the one particular player—player player being the young quarterback—that is going to. I mean, if, if what's going to happen if if Ron Rivera determines that there's a quarterback battle next year and God only knows who, who it's gonna be with. I mean this Alex Smith stuff seems ridiculous. Uh but uh let's say he determines that Dwayne Haskins isn't his quarterback. What do you think is gonna happen then?
0: I think that's that you know, that's where really the rubber meets the road on this new yeah. on 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 this thing is if during the honeymoon period he you know will he have the ability if after let's just say OTAs or mini-camps, you know, mini and he's like, you know, Dan, sorry, can't win with this kid. Uh, what if he's, yeah, what, I mean, look, I think he's going to say that he feels like he can win with this kid because I actually feel personally that there's something to this kid in terms of his ability to play. I um, think
2: there is, too. I think he's so, shown us enough in its last 2 games. My phone will not, not stop scenario. here. I've
0: got to I, I have to stop these calls cuz now it's my voicemail's been 100% filled up over the last 15 <laughs> minutes. Where in settings, Aaron, on an iPhone can I stop this madness?
2: Just go to airplane mode.
0: <laughs> I could do that, but then I can't get a text or call from anybody that I want to get a text or call from.
2: Well, then they can leave Clean out your your
0: mailbox and then go to. The I, I can. Cl- they, I want to stop the calls. I can't even open up my settings because the calls keep coming fast and furiously. Where, where, where in the um, is it privacy? This has never happened. Would it
3: to be under business. privacy, Aaron? I mean, I don't know how you can stop. you know, look, what, what, it I, I, I just un- keeps coming. I understand. I'm just not sure exactly the way to say. You know, stop. Fake calls, but don't stop non-fake calls. Well, there's
0: got there's got to be some sort of, there's got to be something in settings that allows you to block these calls completely. The, I'll tell you what, the mistake is you suggesting that I block one of these calls, because since I blocked one of these calls, well, it's, it's a, non-stop you, coming from every single number. You answered a few calls as well. well yeah, that
2: was the
0: mistake. <laughs> well, I know. Okay. Uh I I don't think answering one of these calls should should subject you to a robocall every 15 seconds, which is where I am right now. All right, let's get... I'm just going to turn my phone off, actually. You
2: know what? I'm turning my phone off. You have friends in high places. Turning my phone off. call one of them and get them to fix this for you?
0: Um, I don't have friends in high places, and... Oh, that's not true. Well, I've had a trouble... uh, If you're talking about my good friend who runs the whole Comcast Xfinity customer service thing. My man Tyrone, who I love and has been a big help to me over the years, had an issue with them here recently. I can't get full-fledged HD on one of my TVs. So I got a lot of issues going on, but nobody cares about this shit. So let's talk more about this. I, I, um, I, I wasn't blown away by the press conference, bottom line. There was nothing that made me jump up and start doing cartwheels about being so excited. So that part I don't get from those that were, but everybody's got a different perspective. That's fine. At the same time, just so everybody's clear on this, I can still be glass half full on Bruce being gone and Rivera being hired in and, and the thought that they got the right guy in Rivera, which I am. Um, but... But, you know, you, you, you mentioned one of the chances that we may see sort of this uh, first opportunity, and who knows if we'll ever hear about it, but it's whether or not the owner changes his ways. Did you read Kime's story about how basically it was Joe Gibbs who called up Dan after Rivera got fired and said, Go get this guy. This is yeah. your guy. So, yes, they did. So... You know, Joe's still very influential.
2: I think I also read read in that story that the best way to work with Snyder is treat him like a child and make your ideas convince him they're his ideas.
0: You know what? That was in that story. That was. I think you made it a little bit more demeaning to Snyder. Um,
2: Well, I think that's what you do with children.
0: Here, I'll, I'll read the part. Let me find it. Uh... Snyder became interested in Rivera almost immediately after he was fired by the Panthers, two days after the Redskins won in Carolina. One source involved in the hiring said Gibbs told Snyder, go get Rivera. Snyder contacted Rivera's agent, Frank Bauer, within a day or two after the firing. They spoke on three consecutive days. Rivera, who received a five-year deal, met with Gibbs, who one source said had tremendous influence on this process. And then here's the part you were talking about. Um Bauer, his agent, said the Hall of Fame coach Gibbs gave Rivera this message. Snyder is passionate and will do what you ask, but you must be up front with him and keep him in the loop. So you took it to No that's not, I, I read
2: no I read something far more and maybe it was a different story. But I read literally you have to convince him that your your thoughts are his ideas.
0: All right, I I didn't see that. Um, What I just read is what I thought you were uh,
4: referring
2: to. For one thing, let's backtrack again, because all of a sudden it's just stuck in my craw. Okay. You know, this public speaking phobia, you have to be an idiot to do what he did in that press conference. An absolute idiot.
0: Which part? Po- say happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Which part? An idiot. Okay, hold, Can we? Let's play. It's only a minute 30 because not everybody listening today has heard the whole thing. And it wasn't the only, um, you know, uh, mo- it wasn't the only moment of the minute and 30. There were a couple of others that I want to get to. So let's play that for everybody, Aaron.
1: Good afternoon. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Today is the beginning of a great new year for the Redskins organization and its fans. Uh, First, I'd like to thank, though, Bill Callahan, who was here five years, did a great uh, job for us, a a great guy, and we really appreciate him. What the Redskins have needed is a cultural change, someone that can bring a winning culture to our organization, and it starts and ends with our head coach. Uh, When looking for that man, I look for a class act. Uh, that's how you describe Coach Rivera. He was two-time Coach of the Year, and for those of you that don't understand, that's very, very hard to do. You should Google that because uh, it's an impressive, impressive. Um, uh, he was 15 and 1, which is extremely hard to do. Uh, did my research, spent a lot of time uh, talking to a lot, a lot of people, uh, a lot of coaches. And one thing that came across were certain words. And these words were integrity, honesty, knowledge, grit, determination. It's all about winning. Ron Rivera knows how to win as a player, as a coach, as a new head coach of the Redskins. One thing that's very, very important, we're gonna have one voice and only one voice alone, and that's the coaches. I'd like to welcome Ron's wife, Stephanie, who uh, we've gotten over the last few weeks, and uh, our new head coach, the Washington Redskins, Coach Ron Rivera. All
0: right, so that was a minute and 32 seconds of the owner. Um, I think you're being really harsh to suggest no. that Happy that mistake makes him stupid. You
2: know what? Happy Thanksgiving requires a physical exam.
0: <laughs> Stop. You're wrong about no, that. No. It's a mistake. It's, just, no, it's, it's just, a misspeak.
2: That's, 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 oh, come on. Oh, come on yourself. Come on. In, 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 World. would you possibly what if somebody came on the radio with you and said you, you've said you've kevin. said
0: things over the years that have just completely been mind-boggling boggling, stupid and been total misspeaks you i mean come on that was a but that again, was a kevin, that was a mistake this is, this is based the, on nerves is, not stupidity
2: kevin this is a calendar we're talking about we're not talking about Come on Tommy, a fact. you don't
0: mean this. this you don't mean yes, this. I do. No you, you don't. You have
2: to be an idiot to do what he did. Th- that's I don't an absolute idiot.
0: I completely disagree with you.
2: I know you do. But again, we're not talking about misstating a fact. We're talking about getting the calendar wrong by almost 2 months.
4: Yeah. I-
0: you know what he should do, and I suggested this yesterday morning, Tommy. He should have a couple of beers, a couple of, of vodka and sodas. I mean, something to loosen him up. You know, all I've heard from all of these guys, you know, whether it's Cooley or Clinton or or Smoot or any of these guys over the years, man, I'll tell you what, he's a great dude when you're just with him one on one. I mean, he, I mean, he's phenomenal. He's payroll charismatic.
2: Kevin, Kevin, payroll
0: guys. I didn't say that they weren't payroll guys. Do you think that okay. they're just making that sh- that shit up? They could say other things and complimenting me. Oh, he's really smart. Oh, he's really nice. No, they say he can really sell. He's charismatic. He's really convincing when he gets you one on one. I I, I think happy Thanksgiving's. I- I'm not going to. You can feel what you want to feel. It it does not – a misspeak there does not make him stupid. I will say this. Those of you that are buying that this was some sort of inside joke um, are are totally gullible. Uh, That's that's a PR spin. Um, He was nervous. People make mistakes. Um, But, Kevin, the
2: reason you can get away with a joke like that is because the alternative seems so absurd that he actually got it wrong.
0: Well – no. That's how you can Oh, come on. People you, you know what the joke? Tommy, Tommy, please. It's not a reflection of his intelligence that he said, "Happy Thanksgiving instead of happy New Year's." If he said as a follow-up, "No, it's Thanksgiving. I mean, you know, it, it, we've got Thanksgiving dinner and people are coming over. Then you just think that he's got early onset of, of onset of dementia. But if you told him he would have said, "Oh, yeah, of course, it's New Year's. I just misspoke." You you really think that that is you're, you're you're nuts to believe that that is is some sort of yeah. reflection of intelligence? Come on, you're smarter He's, than you that. Got,
2: Kevin, you can be smart and and say something that makes you sound like an idiot. That made him sound like an idiot. That's the way you. Sounding can like people. an
0: idiot doesn't make him an idiot. You're accusing him of being well, he stupid.
2: Was yeah, he was an idiot for saying it. An absolute moron.
0: Okay, um, l- I want to get to a couple of the other portions of what he said uh first of all the emphasizing of the two coach of the year awards that Ron Rivera won saying if you don't know this that's very hard to do you should google it oh boy um that's <laughs> that that was uncomfortable but to me there were two two parts of it that I thought were, in, were really really interesting number one right after he said happy Thanksgiving um he then said He thanked Bill Callahan for his five years of service, calling him a, quote, great guy. A great guy. Then, without taking a breath, he said, what the Redskins need is a culture change. Close quote. Um, That was, if, if you've been paying attention, as most of you who are listening have been, you all know exactly what that meant. Bruce is dead to me, and all of this shit that's been happening was his fault. Period. Oh my God! Did he lay one into Bruce with no mention, yes, and then the culture change comment right after thanking Bill Callahan of all people for five years of service?
2: <laughs> no, he did. He did. the The absence of any mention of Bruce and the whole reference to the culture change again, like like he was an innocent bystander in all things, right? Was, was was ludicrous, but definitely. Big time shots at Bruce, uh, yeah. who I, I wonder if we'll ever hear from Bruce about what happened.
0: Well, the, it c- clearly, you know during you know the middle portion of the season, and you have not given me credit for this at any point during this first podcast after Bruce Allen was fired, but. Um, you you told me that uh, yeah, I would end up being wrong again, even though I insisted that I thought this would be the year Bruce would get the boot. And I said the relationships deteriorated; it's not any good anymore. You sit you sit there and slap your own back when you get something right. Uh, I'm I'm gonna do it here, Kevin. What?
2: Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's, no, no. It's, it's, I, it's, I haven't it. heard
0: from you to say, hey, Kevin. Just wanted to let you know, hey, you were right about Bruce Allen. You you were you You, know were, you were on that way yep. before anybody else was.
2: After two years of saying it, it <laughs>
0: turned out to be right. That's, that's fair and true. But I, I did tell you that yes, this you was an informed hunch based on their relationship apparently deteriorating. That, they, that they're not okay. spending time together at practice anymore. They're not sitting together in the, in the booth. And you and a lot of other people who I know in the media told me that I was completely nuts. I will just also say simultaneously, I certainly wasn't completely convinced of it. Because ultimately, you know, I just figured there was a chance that last year would happen again, and and he would he would just keep you know his 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 shield with him. You know that's what's ironic about no mention of Bruce. It would have been hard to mention him, you know, because no one really wants to hear anything about him. But if you know, there's there's a way to sort of say you know the Bruce you know Bruce is gone, and I thank him for his service. It didn't work out, and we do need a culture change, something like that, where he could have slipped in a thank you, but just the irony of it is there he is up there uncomfortable and the guy that's essentially been his shield been his voice and has taken one arrow to the back after another for 10 years certainly yeah. for five or six years is just completely um completely dismissed uh yesterday with a a very um a, a, a veiled shot for sure uh Anyway, uh, the other thing he said was he said, I, I, I want one voice, one voice alone, you know, in talking about Ron Rivera. You know, Tommy, it's, if you take that literally, he's also sort of saying, and I bet this was a big part of Rivera because Rivera is so likable. He's been so great in the community. He's been so great with the media. I guarantee you the only person we're going to hear from moving forward, unless somehow they hire a general manager. Yesterday was the last time we're going to hear from Dan in years, unless there's another one in three years because Rivera's gone. But Rivera's his one voice and that one voice alone. And he is speaking about, you know, hopefully the decision making, the coach centric model, like it's new. Um, but really, he's talking about he doesn't have to talk anymore. It's going to be this guy that's doing his talking for him.
2: Yeah, I get that. But uh, look, there's an interesting parallel. To what what could happen here and uh, if this is successful, this is the only way it will be successful the Joe Torrey George Steinbrenner uh, dynamic when Joe Torrey got hired in 1996 Steinbrenner was you know, his, his own meddling self and then Torrey won a World Series and then two years later he won a second World Series and then everybody was was ready to anoint Joe as the savior. And it was St. Joe, and he was getting all the attention. And as a result of that, Tory became so powerful that Steinbrenner couldn't meddle anymore. He couldn't risk alienating Joe because Joe was too powerful. Now, Steinbrenner was very jealous of all the credit that Tory got uh, as a result of their success. But the only way that Rivera, who's sort of like the same kind of, very likable personality, you know, uh, already revered and respected. The only way that this is going to work is if Rivera has so much success that he can literally call the shots and Snyder can't do anything about it.
0: But you're also implying that the success has to come quickly.
2: Yes, it does. Um, It absolutely has to come quickly or else the dysfunction
0: will seep in, and there'll be nothing to stop it. What would, so what would define next year as something that Snyder would view as successful? Three more wins? Well, four more wins? Look, pl- successful. Because I mean, it's not a Super Bowl. It's not, it's, Joe Torre won the World Series. The Redskins don't have to win the Super Bowl next year for, no, for him to but feel but better but and good about, uh, about Rivera.
2: Yeah, but I don't want him to – I'm talking about that, that Rivera becomes so powerful. I understand. So what does he need to community. become so
0: powerful, you know, in the first two years? Just one playoff? 11, a playoff game? Uh,
2: 11, 11 wins and a first-round playoff win.
0: In in the first wins, in the first two seasons?
2: I'd say the first – if he gets that in the first – yeah, the first two seasons tops. That's the most. 11 wins and a first-round playoff win and they'll be holding parades on Pennsylvania Avenue for for Ron Rivera, and Dan Snyder will be the guy walking by, uh, you know, throwing the confetti.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, something like that seems reasonable to me. I mean, I, in trying to quantify it, he, he doesn't have to do that this year. If he did it this year, then immediately, you're right. I mean, there yes. would be – but okay. if it happened in the first two years, that would probably be good enough because – you know they were three and thirteen. The bottom was so low this I year. I know. I know. And I'm know. and I'm telling you, Tommy. I swear to God, I I do believe this. That just the coaching alone on defense is going to elevate this team to a much more competitive team next year. Yeah, you know, they, they should be. I it mean,
2: should. I believe you. I think it should.
0: I mean, they could, you know, injuries and all that stuff. But, um, all right. Uh, I wanted to play a couple of of sound clips from. Rivera. And we'll do that right after I tell you about mybookie.ag. You know, we've got the NFL playoffs coming up. Um, the bowl games are pretty much over, although Aaron will tell you there's some bowl games today and tomorrow and then one on Monday. Actually, there's one last bowl game on Monday and then you've got the national championship game a week from Monday. Aaron and I were both on Colorado last night. Uh, they were favored by a point over the number six team in the country, Oregon should have given that out on the radio show yesterday or, or the podcast, Aaron, I didn't see it until after the show. Um, but, uh, we were both on that, um, don't you love when we tell you about your t- tell you about our winners after the fact? I hate when people do that to me. You know who used to do that all the time, Tommy Gorgie. Uh, one of our sales guys at Nine Eighty, <laughs> would come in on a Monday and he'd be like, uh, "You had Buffalo, didn't you?" And I'd say, uh, "No." Oh man, you should have had Buffalo. That was easy. Uh, did you have? Uh, did you have the Raiders? No, I didn't have the Raiders. Oh my God, they're so easy. And I said, well, "Why? Why didn't you come in here on Friday and tell me?" about your lock winners. He never once ever once walked into the office and said, "Oh my god, I got crushed yesterday." Never once. And it's just such a, so I finally made him accountable and I said, "You give me your picks on Friday. I'm going to keep track of them." And of course, he was basically, um, you know, he was anti-tout. Like if if you're yeah. looking for good information, he was good information because you just went the opposite of what he had, and it turned out well. But anyway, mybookie.ag, they are reliable. They have fair lines. They have plenty of ways to wager. Um, trust me on this. If you don't have a place, it's hard to find one that's reliable and trustworthy. Mybookie.ag is that. If you use my code... Kevin DC, my promo code Kevin DC. Um, they will match your deposit up to thousand dollars halfway. So if you deposit two thousand, they'll match it up to thousand dollars. So if you deposit two thousand, they're going to give you an extra thousand dollars to play with. All right, if you deposit five hundred, they're going to give you an extra two hundred and fifty dollars to play with. Uh, MyBookie.ag promo code Kevin DC. All right, I want to play a couple of the sound bites from Rivera that I liked yesterday and then circle back to the one or two that made me feel the way I felt after the press conference yesterday, which is – I've seen this, heard this before. I'm not I'm missing why so many people got so excited. Well, maybe they got excited about a couple of these answers. I liked the answer he gave when he started talking about how they were going to play defense and how they were going to play the run on the way to the quarterback. More specifically what he what he was asked was, you know, how the talent currently fits into a 4-3 scheme versus a 3-4. Here was Ron Rivera on that.
4: I think it fits very well. I really do. You look at the defensive line, and we've got guys that we believe can play the one and three technique already. Um, We also believe we've got some guys that have played the outside linebacking position that are going to transition to playing the defensive end spots for us, specifically the six, the nine, and the five. So we feel real good about those guys. I like the linebacking core. I think it's a pretty solid group of guys. They run well and they play physical. What we want to do is get these guys playing downhill through their gap. We're going to play the run on our way to the quarterback.
0: I, lo- I love the, you know, downhill, aggressive. You know, Tommy, over the last couple of days, I've watched some games on YouTube, some Carolina games, some of the playoff games from recent years. It's what I always felt watching Carolina. They are just really sound, smart, physical you know, defensively in particular. And they were always that way on offense too. There, there was always the sense I got watching the Panthers. And that's why I always felt, you know, about Ron Rivera, that he was probably a really good coach that they were, they, they sort of always overachieved a little bit, you know, based on their talent, they had good talent, you know, Luke Kuechly, great player, Davis, great player. Some of the players they've had over the years. Um, but I, I liked that particular soundbite. Um, then there was the uh, the soundbite I thought maybe w- the best one of the day for him was the answer to David Aldridge's uh, question, which is a good question where he was asking him about this coach-centric environment. When uh, And he said, How, why do you think you're going to succeed when guys like Marty Gibbs and Shanahan didn't? Here was his answer.
2: Ron, uh, David Aldridge with The Athletic. Welcome to Washington. Um, Thank you. There have been other coaches who have stood at that podium who – we thought had the coach-centric approach. Marty Schottenheimer was there. Joe Gibbs was there. Mike Shannon was there. All great coaches. And none of them really worked out the way we all thought, including them, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So what it is? what is it that you have been told that makes you feel comfortable knowing that
0: you'll be allowed to see this through to the conclusion you want?
4: Well, nobody really knows, but I'll tell you this. I believe in me, and I'll bet on me. We'll see what happens. That's all I can tell you. But I, I will give you one thing, and that is I'm going to work. I'm going to work very hard. I'm going to do the things that I believe, and I'm going to stay true to who I am.
0: I, I like that answer from him yesterday. You
4: like that?
0: Yeah, I thought that was the best answer. First of all, short and to the point, and he just, you know, he said, I believe in me and I'll bet on me. Um, that well, was, it was,
2: it, was a, it was a good answer in terms of dealing with an unanswerable question. Well, yeah. But it wasn't a, a, a good answer.
0: I like the answer. I mean,
2: there, is, there is no good answer. Well, I mean, the good answer is the guy who hired him.
0: Well, the good, the good answer we never got, which we'll, I'm going to get to in more detail. We've touched on it a little bit, um, and but that'll lead me to the Barrys Verluga. I liked, I like that answer. You're right. He didn't answer the question. I like the answer though. I'll, I, I'll, t- I'll tell you this. I believe in me. I'll bet on me. Listen to Barrys Verluga's final question of the press conference and his answer to this one.
4: Ron Barry from the Washington Post, you spent a lot of time with Dan Snyder talking about this job. Did you ask questions about why there hadn't been success over the last two decades, even as you reflected on mm-hmm. on the times they did win Super Bowls, you know, decades ago? We you know, we talked an awful lot about those things. We talked about the things that he's learned and he's grown as 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 a person and as an owner. I mean it was it was a very frank conversation. He was very honest, very upfront, and very candid. Um, And the thing that he's done is exactly what he has said so far. And, and again, based on the things that I've gotten, an opportunity to walk around this facility, an opportunity to see the things that he's done, he's made the commitment, you know, financially and and bringing the things that these these players need to try and create an edge. You know, and, and again, now I really do appreciate the opportunity. Um, He's given me the opportunity to to do things the way I believe is right for the organization. Um, And, again, a lot of it had to do with the conversations we've had. I'm telling you, we we, we've met over almost 30, 35 hours. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was very in-depth, you know, it was over a period of time. You know, it really was. I really appreciated that fact. And I think that's when I told everybody when I first got fired, did my press conference on my way out. I said, I'm going to look for the right fit. I really believe this is the right fit. I'm excited about it, and, and, and we'll know. We'll know in a few years, but hopefully we'll know right away because I do think there's a quality group of young men that really, if we can give them some direction, if we can go ahead and build this culture together, we can give ourselves a chance to win football games. So,
0: Tommy, that was the one um, Barry's question. Uh, it, you know, I, I, I sort of wonder if he even was surprised by some of the questions because my sense of it is, after listening to that answer, that A, he didn't really answer the question, um, and that B, I wondered whether or not he did enough research more than just talking to Joe Gibbs about this job. You know, we've all been here for – the whole Dan Snyder era. We know what's happened here. We're familiar with the graveyard this place has become for every other coach, good coaches that have come here and failed. And there's no way he's going to know as much about what we know, having lived the day-to-day of this for 20 years. But I, I just sort of got this sense from him in that press conference, which is why I wasn't you know, in some sort of celebratory mood over the press conference. Again, I'm positive about Rivera. Glass half full. I'm all in. Uh, I'm. I'm This has been a good week, but I just have this sense that he didn't properly account for the past and didn't get the kind of commitment from the owner that I've suggested that the next guy would have to get, and that is contractual authority. You know, I don't think he learned enough in this process to know what's really happened here. I could be wrong, and maybe Joe was completely up front with him, and Joe said, you've got to get this level of control, and maybe he got that control, and he just decided not to share it with us yesterday. But that was ultimately why... I wasn't really thrilled. And then, you know, he had the answer about, you know, how they're going to handle decisions on draft and free agency, and he talked about it being a collaboration. And then, you know, we'll discuss things, and then we'll ask Mr. Snyder to help as well. That didn't make me feel like he had really grasped what the last 20 years here had been like.
2: Well, first of all, if there had been a follow-up question allowed, I think the right question would have been, Ron, did the owner know what day it was when you were talking to him? Okay. I think that that would have been just the right follow-up uh, question.
0: Seriously, though. Okay.
2: The second, the second. I'm, I'm serious.
0: No, you're the not. The second thing. You would is, not, if you had been there, you would not have asked that as a follow-up question.
2: No, I wouldn't. If I would have asked, like I said, why is it Mister Snyder taking questions?
0: Would you have said Mister Snyder have asked that. or with the owner?
2: Yes. No, I would have asked. Okay.
0: No, would you have said, I mean, would you refer to him as Mr. Snyder? Or would you? Re-
2: yes, I would have. Okay. I mean, you know, I don't know him personally.
0: You're much older of course than he I is. I
2: would refer to him as, as Mr. Snyder. Okay. Oh, well, AIDS doesn't have anything to do with it.
0: Uh, yeah, it
2: but, does. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it does. Okay, I do. Okay.
0: But but, go ahead. Um, what would the follow-up have look, really been?
2: Ron, Ron uh, Rivera has an agent, and the agent would have been committing malpractice if he didn't inform Rivera as to how bad things were. And that would be easy to do. He could have read either of my columns for this week. He could have read Sally Jenkins' columns. He could have read Barry's columns. All you had to do was read that, and you got a pretty good education as to how bad things were here. And if he has a responsible agent, he filled him in on those things. I mean, there's no excuse for not going into this with your eyes wide open. If if he did that, then he's not the coach you think he's going to be.
0: Yeah. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I heard a press conference that was really similar to all of the press conferences I've heard before. You know, whether it was a coach-centric approach or whether it was a Bruce and Gruden approach or whether it was a Zorn and Vinny approach, you know, it was a lot of the same thing. You know, Mr. Snyder's got a vision. I agree with that vision. He's got a real appreciation for the past. He wants to win. He'll do anything to win. And, um, and, and you know what? Those are the right things to say uh, in most press conferences when you get a job like this particular job. But this is a unique situation and it would have been, you know, if if you ask me what you haven't, what would you have preferred to have heard? I guess the one thing that would have led me to believe that he knows everything you think his agent should have informed him of is if he said, you know, not only did I spend 35 hours, you know, with the owner and hearing his explanation of everything, which, as we know, this this lengthy period of time at Dan's house—you know, whether it was with McLuhan and you know all the other people—I mean, what the hell's going on at thirty-five hours? But I would have preferred to have heard that you know I th- th- Dan talked about Dan talked about a culture change um, in his opening statement, and I've been in this league for a while, and we've watched from afar Washington's struggle as an organization, and before taking this job. I talked to Mike Shanahan. I talked to Norv Turner, who was on my staff. I had a long conversation with somebody I really respect in Joe Gibbs, who you know, was very, very um, influential in this decision. I even picked up the phone and called Jay Gruden to find out you know, how it worked with Jay here more recently. I've known Bill Callahan forever. Bill and I talked um, for a little bit. Maybe Bill would have been a bad call because Bill was potentially also a candidate for this job. Um, and I know uh, a lot of why it hasn't worked here in the past. And I have an agreement with, with Dan that gives me the authority over the football operation. And I'm going to make this work this time. And he's going to be proud of this thing. We we're, He's going to get it right this time. Something like that, you know, that, that would have indicated that he really had an understanding of why... High-quality people and coaches came in before him in coach-centric environments, like that's something new, whether it was Marty or Joe or Shanahan, and failed. Joe Gibbs, regardless of what you think about the four years here, he had a losing record here. Joe Gibbs left with a losing record. I know he went to the playoffs two times in four years. It's a miracle considering everything else we've seen. But I guess I guess you know if you are convinced that the agent would be negligent for not making sure that contractually he got some sort of ability, you know, authority, um, and and some sort of uh, promise that the owner can't meddle or can't jump in the middle, you know, or can't do things that have sabotaged past good men and good coaches. Then I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Again,
2: I, you know, I mean, you know, I, I I've been in these situations and other. Uh, hiring in other sports, and there are family members who want, who who will speak to the, the person involved and say, "Look, I read this, I read that." You'd be surprised how much wives read and listen to sure. about about people about the people who they're married to, and 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 what's said about them. So I just find it difficult to believe. again, if 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 Ron Rivera didn't know what he was getting into, then he probably thought it was Thanksgiving, too.
0: You know, uh, all of what you're saying makes total sense. And so it leads to two things. One, Dan can really sell. He can really sell and convince somebody that something isn't what everybody else has told Ron it is. Um, And certainly Joe Gibbs had some influence there, but I'll go back to the question that was asked about how much involvement he'll have in personnel decisions. And he said, the biggest thing that's going to happen, and I'll say it again, we're going to collaborate. We're going to get together as a group and we'll discuss things. If we have to continue to discuss things and it goes a little bit longer, then we'll ask Mr. Snyder to help. You know, if you really got great advice on the kind of deal to cut, given the situation you would have had the instinct not to mention that Dan's going to be involved in any sort of decision. That's true. You're right.
2: You're right. That, 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 was, that was an alarm bell, I'm sure, that, that went off out there when, when he said that, at least it's for people who chose to listen
0: to hear it. Again, I, I want to make this clear because I, I know what I'm going to hear back from a lot of you, and some of you I'm going to hear the opposite from. Um, but I am glass half full now. I prefer I would much prefer. Tommy knows this about me. I'd much prefer this to work and have this team that I've rooted for my entire life be, you know, getting ready for a playoff game this next January rather than, you know, on the on the way to another one of these press conferences 3 or 4 years from now. I hope that Rivera is the answer. I hope this is the beginning of a new day as a Redskin fan. I hope this is the last time in a long time we're spending this week doing this again. I believe in Rivera the coach. I'm all in and giving it a chance. I'm more optimistic than a year ago, that's for sure. But will it be enough? You know, will it be enough? Will, did, did he get the kind of control and authority that I think we all need, think we and believe someone like him has to have to be successful with this owner? I guess we'll find that out in the coming years. Maybe we'll find that out okay. even sooner.
2: Maybe we will. Uh, did you notice that the quarterback was not there?
0: I did. I am not. Ma- I don't think that's a big deal. How do you know that he wasn't away or didn't have a prior commitment?
2: Well, supposedly he was on vacation. I don't okay. think that's a big deal. Yeah, it's not I a big deal. I don't think it is. Okay. What was interesting, though, is last night at 1026 p.m., uh, Simba, the quarterback, oh, tweeted, God. Here we go. Watch the closest to you.
0: Wait, what? He tweeted, watch the
2: closest to you.
0: What does that mean?
2: I don't know. What do you <laughs> think that means?
0: Watch the closest, the closest to you. To As if like a warning that somebody the closest to you is the person to keep you know, be leery of? Like, yeah. Okay, who's the closest to him?
2: I don't know. I don't know. It could be something personal. Yes. But, but, but again, watch the closest to you. What
0: does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it means. Uh, You know what? I'll tell you what it could mean. It could be another reference that people our age, or certainly your age, have no idea what it's about. It may be some sort of, you know, lyric to a song. But it's a
2: message.
0: It doesn't matter whether it's a lyric, or it doesn't matter where it came from. There's a a rose next to his name. Is that for Rose Bowl? Or is that something else? Jeez, I hate even talking about this. Jesus <laughs> God, I don't know what it means. What do you think it means? I don't know. I don't. Well, then
2: why'd you bring it if, up? If you tweeted, <laughs> well, okay. I, I he's got two red exclamation
0: example. points after it.
2: Yes. So Ohio somebody, State Red Skull. My impression would be somebody close to him he feels may have betrayed him.
0: Okay. Is that reasonable? Yes, but it could be completely wanna... it could be a completely personal situation. Oh,
2: come on. Yes, I know it could be. <laughs> it could be, but it could not be either.
0: Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe somebody started to tweet out the video of him taking selfies again to remind everybody about that misstep at the end of the Detroit oh, game.
2: He, he retweeted that.
0: He, he did.
2: Yes, he did, uh, because uh, Darius Darius Geist retweeted it, and then he retweeted it as well, saying, Simba loves the fans.
0: Okay. Um, Where else do you want to go with with this tweet?
2: Did you hear what I said?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I heard. Simba
2: loves the fans. I know, I heard.
0: Good for him. (laughs) What was the thing that he tweeted out early on? You know, you better be... You better jump on now or something like that. Well, I
2: don't know. You better not go down this road. I don't even know why you brought this up.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, you're bad. You you really you really like this is did you do something with this on your Twitter account? Did you respond to oh, this? No. Oh, well, you should.
2: I, I re- I, I That'll get them
0: all riled up.
2: It. No. No, I just I just retweeted it without any comment. Oh, you, you I just, just retweeted what?
0: Oh, you did! What you just tweeted. retweeted it. So, what were the responses?
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, it's hard to keep track, Kevin. I, w- I was swamped last night, and it's hard to keep. It's hard to separate the racism uh, tweets from the from the normal tweets. Oh
0: God, people! You know? People! If you're listening to the podcast, the racism stuff, you you're really you're really really stupid. Um, it it, it there's there's nothing about Tommy's retweet of Dwayne Haskins' tweet. There's nothing racial about it. I I don't even know where... It's such a reach. Where would they even reach into racial? Because he's black? And you're retweeting him? That that means you're racist?
2: Something like that.
0: Oh, my God. Um,
2: But it's a new day. It's a new day at Redskins Park, and people need to to start... Stop. Unwatching the people closest to them and trust them a little bit more.
0: You know, we haven't I, – I forget the last time we talked. You say it was 10 days ago. Maybe that's when it was. But he played pretty well down the stretch. I I, I am – I'm definitely – He
2: very well.
0: I'm definitely well, into the possibility he the that he's going to be a good quarterback. Uh, I'll probably I, I be think, wrong I, on this, but
2: – No, I think you're right. I think I think he showed a lot, particularly in the game before he got hurt. Yeah, you
0: know? yeah. Um, all right. Uh, what else on this subject? we are, 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 Have we hit on everything? I mean, there was so much. Well, we could talk Kevin. about what Callahan uh, Callahan, what Rivera said about Haskins. We haven't talked about that. That was sort of interesting. Um, you know, Aaron, will you play that, that soundbite on what he feels, you know, Haskins can become, he did say to, Uh, I think B, Mitch, and Scott, that they had him uh, rated as a first-round pick in Carolina. But this was him on Haskins Jr.
4: I think he'd become a a franchise-style quarterback. I do. I think it's going to be a time. It's, it's, It's a process, though. I'm not going to say it's going to happen overnight, but I've been fortunate that you know several years ago we drafted a guy as the number one pick, and we had a plan. And what we're trying to do right now is develop that plan for his development as we go forward. I also think there's a couple of good veteran quarterbacks that are obviously going to get some opportunities to play as well. We won't know until we get ready to open up in September. So until then, everything's just a process. It's a working process. We can't get ahead of it. We've got to stay to the plan and make sure we're preparing ourselves properly to win football games.
0: So the the part of that that um, got people's attention was I also think there's a couple of good veteran quarterbacks that will get some opportunities to play as well. What did you make of that?
2: Well, it ain't going to be Case Keenum because he ain't going to be here, right?
0: Well, I mean, they could re-sign him. And
2: it ain't going to be Colt. He's not going to be here.
0: They could re-sign him.
2: And it ain't going to be Alex Smith because he's not going to play football again.
0: I think you're right about that.
2: So I'm not sure who he's talking about. I think that's just <laughs> well, that's d- just what service respect to the guys who are already here.
0: I would say that it's definitely sort of a a a warning to Dwayne that you got you got to earn it. You, you know, we're not we're not giving this job to you. Um, you're going to have to earn it. Uh, I'd be shocked if Dwayne Haskins isn't the starting quarterback on opening day in 2020. So would I. Um, but a lot of people thought, well, maybe he wants to reunite with one Cam Newton. Huh.
2: That would be interesting. I don't even. It?
0: I don't even know if they could
3: afford it. What do you? Don't you think Cam will get a deal? This offseason is going to be really interesting because there are going to be potentially a ton of veteran starting quarterbacks on the market.
0: So it, I, I don't know. R- if that Ryan Fitzpatrick it. only signed a one year deal with no, Miami. No, two years. Oh, he did sign a two year deal. But Andy Dalton could be on the market. Right. Philip Rivers
3: could be on the well, market. he's almost
0: definitely going to be on the market. Right. Jam-
3: James Winston potentially.
0: Right. Um.
3: And Cam Newton. Yeah.
0: You know it. it he, he appeared, you know, he, I went back and listened to the Gruden press conference, um, a couple of days ago, actually, just to see how he handled it. And again, it was, you know, they were mirror press conferences, except Jay's got more of a sense of humor. Although I thought Rivera came up with a sense of humor as well. Very likable. Um, but you know, the Griffin thing was what I wanted to hear what Jay said and and Jay didn't hand it to Griffin in that press conference, even though we all thought at the time there's no way they're gonna hire somebody who isn't all in on Griffin. He said nice things like, I really see a lot of potential in Griffin and and he, you know, he's got a real chance and you know, I really like what I've seen in him. Um but, you know, uh but he didn't just hand him the job either. I, I think that's You know, I'm glad that he didn't hand him the job. That's not what they should do. But I wonder if there's anything to him if we're hearing maybe the first, hey, I like his talent, Dan. Uh, Joe told me to be totally honest with you and to clue you in. I think he's got a chance to start for us. Uh, But I I can't commit to that completely until I've had time to spend, you know, I've had some time uh, with him uh, one on one here in the next couple of months to see. You know what kind of guy he is, to see what his passion is, to see how he works. I, I can watch all I, I can watch on tape to determine whether or not he's got the talent. I need to know what kind of guy he is, and I want to talk to other people, like his coaches and his teammates. Who knows what he's got in mind. But you hit it earlier. You hit the nail on the head earlier. If he decides to go in another direction of Dwayne Haskins, then we've already got an interesting situation right from the jump between we'll find out about the owner at that point.
2: Yeah, but I don't think that's going to happen. I don't either. I think Haskins will be the starting quarterback next year.
0: I do too. Yeah. What else you got? You don't have any more tweets that you want to read from anybody?
2: No, no more. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> I, I got beer to drink and 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 a pool to swim in.
0: I, I you know what? I wish you, one of these days we're going to be somewhere warm together again. Are you going to go to the Super Bowl this year?
2: I doubt it. Yeah, I don't I love th- the Ravens. If the Ravens are in it, I might go.
0: I don't think we're going. I don't know yet, but you know it is in Miami. It's in South Florida. I know. You have a we lot had, of We
2: had a pretty We had a pretty good time last time we were down. That
0: down. South Florida Super Bowl was a great time. That was a that yes, was a was. that was a lot of fun. Uh maybe <laughs> we can figure out a way to make it happen again. All right. Uh enjoy your time off. We'll talk next week.
2: All right, boss. I'll see you. All right. Hey, happy Thanksgiving.
0: <laughs> see ya. Couple of quick things, and then we will um, get to the to the smell test to finish up uh, the show. First of all, Jason Garrett's out. All right, that it got a little bit dicey there late yesterday, like people thinking that it, Garrett actually may remain with the Cowboys, which would would have been hysterical. But you know, the the other thing, uh, Aaron, I was thinking about, and I forget if we mentioned this yesterday. There are only five job job openings right now, right? Giants, Browns. Uh, overall, before Rivera got signed, right. Giants, Browns, Redskins, Panthers, and and Carolina. Yes, or did I already say that? Giants, a- Browns, Cowboys, Panthers, Redskins. Yeah. That's it. That's a that's a that's not a lot of openings, right. and so you know some of these teams are, are moving very slowly because there's
3: not a lot of competition as much as there usually is. Not a lot of competition, and there isn't. That, you know, there isn't the obvious guy, like you have to race for the guy there and and the quote unquote obvious guys are guys like Eric Biennemi or maybe Greg Roman.
0: And in terms of your recently fired coaches or unemployed coaches, Rivera was sort of at the top of the list and the right. Redskins moved quickly on him. Um, Ian Rappaport had a tweet earlier this morning that Scott Turner, the son of Norv Turner, who's been the offensive coordinator and play caller in Carolina since Rivera left, um, interviewed with Ron Rivera today for the vacant offensive coordinator job. Uh, Kevin O'Connell's still considered the favorite, according to Rappaport, but Turner, um, who people are impressed with, could potentially end up at least as the quarterback's coach here if he's not the O.C., I would bet that O'Connell is the offensive coordinator. That's my lean. I'd also lean that there's a decent chance Trent Williams is going to come back um, because I think he wants to based on some people that I've talked to. Um, But they could also get a huge cap savings uh, with uh, not bringing Trent Williams back. I also think as it relates to Josh Norman, if I didn't say this yesterday, that Norman is not going to be retained on his current contract. He'll be released. And then if... If Ron Rivera really likes him and really thinks he fits, they can go back and re-sign him to, you know, a one-year incentive-laden deal, which is pretty much what Norman would get on the open market now. Anyway, you're not going to bring him back for the big number. Next year, you're going you're going to realize that cap savings, and if you really like him, then attempt to re-sign him. Remember, Rivera is the guy uh, or Carolina's the team that cut him loose from the franchise tag, rescinded the franchise tag. But that doesn't mean that Rivera doesn't like him. I also wanted to mention I had a conversation with Clinton Portis this morning, and we did not talk about his current legal situation because he didn't want me to. He would, he just wanted to talk, you know, Rivera and Redskins and football. Um, but he was really excited just about the whole defensive thing and the going to the 4-3 and how – the, um, the Redskins' talent suits that. He's like, he's really excited about Montez Sweat. And even potentially Kerrigan is a 4-3 defensive end. And what you have with Allen, ionitis and Payne, and potentially Chase Young. You know, it's like there would be a lot of uh, of of talent there. And, you know, he he made a point about the Carolina teams. And Clinton worked in Charlotte and covered the Panthers for a Charlotte radio station for two years. Because he lives in Charlotte, part-time here, part-time Florida um, uh, part of the year as well. And um, you know he just said, he was so excited about Ron Rivera because he knows Ron Rivera and he knows the kind of teams that Carolina's put together and the kind of defenses that they've had. And he's like, this talent here is perfect for him." He's like, this is definitely one of the reasons he took the job is he sees the talent and he sees, you know, the, uh, even a better upfront group. Than perhaps they had um, in previous years. Now the linebacking core may not be Keekly and Thomas Davis, but to his the point he made was, you know, Keekly and Davis weren't necessarily stars until they got into that system and they became stars. You know, and guys like Kwan Short you never heard of, you know, uh, until until they got a, a, a hold until Rivera got a hold of him. But he was really excited about it and 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 what the defense potentially is going to be next year. And that that to me is the absolute lock. Is that defensively, they're going to be much better, and because they'll be much better defensively, they'll be a better team next year with this coach in place. How much better? I don't know. Somebody told me this morning, who was it? it may have been um, I think it was Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times Dispatch goes, "I think they're at least three wins better to six and 10. I'm like, well, that's not going to get anybody really excited, but they're three and 13. you can't help, but with a better coaching staff with the talent that I think they have defensively, again, not elite talent. But boy, can you imagine if they add Chase Young and you've got Chase Young and Montez Sweat in a 4-3 defense and you got interior Allen Payne Ionitis with a with a real coaching staff defensively. Uh, that's the part that gets me really excited about next year.
3: I think the uh interesting thing you're right, I think that obviously they have to get better. I think the interesting thing going back to kind of what you said at the beginning about Kevin O'Connell and the staff in general How much is Dwayne Haskins going to factor into the decision regarding Kevin O'Connell and trying to keep continuity on the offensive side? I think that whether or not he's sold, and again, going back to what you were saying about what he said about Dwayne and about the possibility of competition, I think that there might be a thought that you need to keep Kevin O'Connell around just so you don't give Dwayne Haskins a, all right, here's another offensive coordinator and potentially go down that road. Yeah,
0: you know, there, what, what wasn't clear yesterday was just about everything um, when it comes to coaching staff, front office structure, et cetera. There wasn't a lot of clarity there. And, by the way, that's not a criticism. They just – they've got to work through this. I understand that. They didn't have all of those answers yesterday. Um, so it's just going to be interesting. You know, I, I think I said earlier, you know, that there is – there's a lot of – you know, what the last week has produced at bare minimum is – a feeling like it could be better. You know, at a bare minimum it's going to be better in the short term anyway. With this coaching staff and that means we're going to be excited at, to talk about the different hires he makes and how the front office structure comes together and how they handle free agency and which veterans they decide to cut loose and which veterans they decide to to keep or even re-sign and then of course the draft will be ton of conversation and then all of a sudden training camp are they going to be in Richmond this year you know I know they're I think they're locked into one more year in Richmond but that Richmond thing's been a disaster you know I'm listening to Doc this morning and as he said like In what world does it make sense for a half million dollars to lose out on an opportunity to scrimmage another team to make your team better? You know, the Richmond thing's been a disaster. The field conditions, bad weather forcing them to go off-site, all of that. What if, you know, Ron Rivera says, this is bullshit. This isn't how you get good. We we can't have training camp here. Will Snyder, you know, pay to get out of that contract? You know, those kinds of things. A lot of that stuff is going to be really interesting to watch uh, you know, develop here.
3: And you know what's amazing with all the stuff we're talking about? We're talking about normal football things. We're not talking about bringing in defen- uh, defensive coordinators to interview while you already have a defensive coordinator. Like last year. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're talking about things that normal teams talk about. Yes. And that, more than anything, at least in the past week, obviously could change on a dime and probably will because this is the Redskins. But right now, we're talking about normal football things about this franchise.
0: Well, we are and we aren't. Because as a fan of the team, the conversation this time of year, I would prefer if it was about the upcoming playoff game or the upcoming watching the games because we've got a first round bye.
3: Sure, that's what you prefer, (laughs) but that's not always realistic. I know, but this this isn't completely crazy like it has been for the past decade. No.
0: Um, Yesterday was another one of those days been through them now eight, nine times, whatever it is, you know, six or seven new hires, you count the interim guys. I mean, I've lost count, you know, but, um, you know, you gotta believe, uh, if you're a fan, I, I think you're delusional if you you're locked in like this is the answer. You, you've, you know, we cynicism is fine. It's justifiable because you know why we've got memories. We've lived through it. You don't need to apologize for that. Um, but, uh, but at the same time, Bruce is gone and Ron Rivera is a good coach and I think he's going to hire a good staff and it'll come down to what I said to, uh, talked about earlier, the owner and the quarterback. Um, those are always tr- very, very important in that particular sport and business. All right, let's finish up uh, the show with a discussion about the four playoff games and a smell test as well. Kevin looks where the John Q public is putting their cash and does the opposite. It's It's time time for the the smell smell test. All right. um, Not good last week. Uh, Now below 500. Trying to work my way back to 500 after being 26 games above 500 uh, in early to mid October, whatever it was. Uh, There are four wildcard games this weekend. I love this weekend in the NFL. I love the next two weekends in the NFL. Four games, consecutive weekends all playoff games, the pressure of the NFL playoffs is is really, really dramatic. Um, I think one of the things I've sort of rooted for over the years when the Redskins haven't been in it, I've tried to find a team and an interest, and I have that this year in Minnesota, but I always, Aaron, root for the road teams, um, the teams that are the underdogs, the teams that people aren't giving a chance. And the interesting thing about this weekend, in three of the four games in particular, much of the public is looking at the road team and saying, yeah, I think the road team can win. You know, in the first game tomorrow, Buffalo at Houston, uh, even though J.J. Watt's back and is going to play Um, in the nightcap tomorrow night. Tennessee, a lot of people think it's going to be it for New England tomorrow night. The Tennessee with Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill and the kind of attack they have does match up well against a New England team that's excellent defensively, but more so with their pass defense then their run defense, and then the Sunday late game, uh, Sunday uh, afternoon, uh, nobody's really giving Philadelphia much of a shot. Everybody likes Russell Wilson in Seattle to go in there. They went in there this year already in the regular season and won. And the NFC East is considered to be, you know, powder puff football all year, and that the champion at nine and seven is is fraudulent, and that Seattle's legit, and so nobody's giving uh, Philadelphia much of a chance. I am. I'm giving Philadelphia a chance. Um, So let's get to the picks. Uh, The first game tomorrow, I actually have two plays on the first game tomorrow. The public likes Buffalo. They don't believe in Houston. Lay the two and a half with the Texans. And then what's really interesting to me is the total in this game is at 44, 43 and a half 44. I'm going to go with what I have here in covers. I think it might come down a little bit and you might get a break on that because it got played up so big, but this is a game that nearly everybody has in their mind as 16 to 14, you know, 13 to 10, 17, 14, and the total is 44, 43 and a half 44. I'm going over. The public loves the under in this one. They think they've got this one figured out in terms of the type of game it will be. So I will play over 44, and I'll play Houston laying the 2.5. Um, the Texans kind of um, stumbling coming into the end of this year. Uh, they really shouldn't have beaten Tampa. They, they really, in, in many ways, shouldn't be in the playoffs right now. They are. Um, not many people believing in the Texans. I'll take them at home laying 2.5. I'd lean New England because it seems like everybody loves Tennessee, but it's not a smell test pick. Um, the action's pretty split. On that game, uh, which is surprising to me because the experts out there really like Tennessee. And sometimes I love when all of the NFL network guys and all of the ESPN guys, they're all saying, oh yeah, that's the upset. It's Tennessee over New England. New England's done. You can see it. I'm going to play New England personally tomorrow, Aaron, laying the five. Um, it's not a smell test pick because the action public is sort of split which is surprising to me because all of the analysts seem to believe that Tennessee, this is the upset this weekend. Um, I'll lean New England, won't put them in the smell test officially. Let's go to Sunday where Minnesota is the biggest. Uh, Minnesota and Philadelphia are the two big anti-public plays. I mean, Houston to a lesser degree, and I've got Houston in the smell test, um, but nobody's giving Philadelphia or Minnesota much of a chance. Uh, there is sharp money on, on Minnesota. Um, I got that information via text late last night um, from offshore. Uh, maybe that's the reason my phone keeps robo uh, calling me over and over again. I have no, uh, I've got no more voicemail space on my phone. Uh, give me Minnesota plus the seven and a half. It's down to seven and a half. I'd like it at eight. It was. It's been at eight all week. But I'm going with the Friday Covers com line. Uh, Minnesota plus seven and a half. Um, my feeling on that game is that. I don't see personally, in terms of analyzing it, a way that Minnesota can really beat New Orleans. I would feel the same way about you know, any other NFC team on the road against the Saints with the exception of San Francisco. I think the Saints are the second-best team in the NFC, and they're on a roll, and they play so well at home. And Minnesota defensively is really fragile, I know what their numbers say they are. I've watched them. If you read anybody out of Minnesota, they'll tell you the defense is vulnerable against the pass in particular. Now, Daniil Hunter can really get after the quarterback, but New Orleans will account for him, and I think they're going to put big points up on the board against Minnesota. At the same time, you know, I, I, I'm my expectation for Kirk in this game is to have a much better game than he had against the Packers on Monday night the last time he played. I think they're going to be able to move the football and score points. I just think that they're going to have to score so many in this game to win. I'm taking Minnesota on the smell test theory, on the anti-public you know, sort of uh, philosophy here, because nobody thinks that they're going to win or cover, and I'll take them plus the 7.5. I don't see them winning the game. And usually when you take an underdog, unless it's a massive underdog, you got to you know, have a way to see them win the game. I don't, but that doesn't fit into my smell test thought process. Analytically, I see New Orleans as a better football team. Um, smell test theory, I'll take Minnesota plus the points because most bookies in the country will need the Vikings to cover the 7.5. I would not play Minnesota on the money line. Now, their formula to win the game tomorrow is to dominate time of possession, have a healthy Dalvin Cook, run him, run play action and boot off of the, the, the run game with Kirk and Thielen and Diggs and Rudolph and Irv Smith and their and their tight ends and receivers. Um, and move the ball, dominate time of possession, and finish those possessions with touchdowns. You know, shorten the game, end up with 27, 28 points, and win a 28-24, 28-27 kind of game. Uh, More likely, I see New Orleans 35-28. And maybe it's a late touchdown backdoor to get the cover at 35-28. Philadelphia, nobody, Aaron, is giving Philadelphia a chance at home. I'll take them plus the one and a half. Uh, Against a Seattle team that is banged up at running back, Uh, but man, Russell Wilson's the real deal, I get it. Um, Philadelphia's won four in a row, not impressively uh, necessarily, although the win over Dallas was probably their most impressive win two weeks ago. But nobody's on the Eagles. The public loves the Seahawks. Um, I'll take Philadelphia at home plus the one and a half. So the smell test is Houston minus two and a half tomorrow. The over in the Houston-Buffalo game, over 44. Minnesota plus seven and a half early on Sunday. And Philadelphia plus one and a half late Sunday afternoon looking forward to this weekend you know uh, a question I would ask you Aaron and then I'll answer it after you answer it other than New Orleans because I think most people would consider New Orleans to be a legitimate Super Bowl potential Super Bowl winning team do you think any of the other seven teams have a chance to win the Super Bowl
3: You know, it's hard, to, it's hard to ever rule New England out. I would say normally New England, but because they're New England, it's hard to rule them out. But I will say that I, I, I'm still curious about Tennessee. I think Tennessee has the talent. I just Going through three road games would be really tough. I would say no, but Tennessee interests me. Tennessee interests me, too. I
0: say no on New England as well. Um, I just don't see them going to Baltimore and winning. I could see them winning at Arrowhead next week. I could see that. I just can't see them beating Baltimore. But Tennessee's actually designed better for Baltimore. Yes, You know, Tennessee being able to run the football with Derrick Henry and to have a dual-threat quarterback in Ryan Tannehill, um, they've got the ability to, you know, match Baltimore. Uh, And then, yeah, Tennessee's intriguing to me too, other than the fact that everybody seems to like them which you know gets my contrarian tentacles uh, up and I, but I agree with you like I think they're a good matchup for New England and I think they would be a decent matchup for I mean I think they match up well with New England I think they match up well with Baltimore and that would be next right because they are they the five seed or the six seed they are the six yeah they're the six Buffalo's the five so if yeah. they win this game they go to Baltimore Correct. next week um, if I'm Baltimore, I'd much rather see Buffalo or Houston next week than Tennessee. One hundred percent. Yeah, I, I as far as that goes, yes. Tennessee out of the teams that Baltimore could play next weekend, Tennessee would be the most threatening. I agree with that, and would also be the um would probably well they, they'd be the shortest dog of the three. Houston's already been annihilated recently yeah. at Baltimore. All right, uh, there you go. Have a great weekend, everybody. Um, great to catch up with Tommy. And uh, I appreciate all of you listening. Enjoy the weekend. We'll be back on Monday.